Hey there. Are you searching for answers and clarity on your mental health journey? Well, I've got the podcast just for you. Welcome to Finding Your Way Through Therapy, a podcast that's like having a heartfelt conversation with a trusted friend and who understands what you're going through. I'm your host, Steve Bissell, a therapist and proud member of the PsychCraft Network. Finding Your Way Through Therapy is a safe space where we openly explore the emotional complexities of mental health. From busting common myths to sharing actionable advice, we'll navigate this journey together through solo episodes as well as special guests. Discover your inner strength, resilience, and hope as we explore topics like self-care, building healthy relationships, cognitive behavioral therapy, and overcoming challenges. You'll come away with a renewed sense of self and the tools to create a life filled with fulfillment and well-being. So join me on finding your way through therapy as we become your companion on this deeply personal journey. I am part of the PsychCraft Network and truly enjoy all the episodes. And back to your regular scheduled programming. Hello, and welcome back to the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is the show where we help you take intentional steps towards sustainable growth. This week, I'm joined by uh, Steve, Lisa, and Dawn with special guest Allison Pigeon. And our topic today is uh, marketing your therapist in your mental health practice. Welcome, everyone. Hi. Hello. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> So we're going to start with our uh, tooltip or tech section of the show. And uh, Allison, do you have a tip for marketing your mental health practice? I do. Yeah. So my um, tip is that if you are struggling with either starting a group practice or maybe you have one, you're not quite sure how to market um, the new folks that you have, definitely um, consult with somebody who's done it before. Um I've always had a business consultant ever since um, I was about a year into my practice. And so I strongly believe that it, that's a big reason for my um, growth and my success. So, um, yeah, my tip is to find a business consultant. I um, provide business consulting. Um, so you're welcome to reach out to me, but definitely find somebody who you click with and um, is, you know, knowledgeable about what your your goals are. I always look for people who kind of done already done what I want to do um, and and pick people who are kind of a, a few steps ahead of me. That's great advice, Allison. Um, I've talked to uh, Julie Harris from Green Oak and we talked about expenses and uh, I, I asked about this consulting thing and she said, consulting almost always, the people who would use consulting almost always have better uh, returns and higher profits. So uh, your advice Definitely strikes true for that. Hey, why why don't you introduce yourself, Allison? <laughs> it's the first time you've been on the show. So, uh, who are you, and uh, you know what what's your role in in private practice in the the community here? I'm Allison Pigeon. I am the CEO and founder of Move Forward Counseling. So, I have a group practice in Pennsylvania. So, we now have six different offices all across the state. Um, and it started out just with myself in a little tiny office. And now we have about 65 employees, um, and we've been in business for about eight years. So along the way, I've also um, started other businesses, got involved in 
real estate investing. I also um, have worked as a business consultant for many years. So that's me. Awesome. Well, we're glad that you're here and we reconnected at a conference and, uh, you know, you, you graciously agreed to be on the show. So we're glad that you're here. And I know you have a lot to offer for like growing and, you know, managing all these people. Cause I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this, but there's stages of, of growth, you know, starting out at the beginning. Let's get into our topic of uh, marketing your uh, therapist in your mental health practice. The first question that I want to hear from the panel, I guess, is what's it like when you're by yourself? What What is it like marketing by yourself? And then we'll kind of like get into like, what is it, what changes when you get there? So let me, let me just pick on Dawn. Dawn, what's it like, you know, do, uh, when you're marketing yourself and what were some of the changes you noticed? Well, I think the first thing when I was marketing myself, man, it was years ago. Um, <laughs> I didn't really have to because I was on insurance panels and I was full. Um, I think when I really had to learn about marketing is when I switched to a group practice because it felt more responsible. Uh, I, I felt more responsible for like all my team. Uh, so I'm trying to think when it was by myself, it was it was definitely just talking with other therapists and networking. And it was more casual, I would say. It wasn't, I didn't really have a business plan. It was just more talking and getting to know people and what I specialized in. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I didn't really have a plan when I was just marketing myself. Sorry, I don't know if that's, no, that's helpful good. or not. Yeah. Well, can can others relate to that, Steve or Lisa? Um, I'm not in private practice. So I don't relate to that, but I can relate to marketing myself and my show and just what I have going on. Um, but it's different. But I could, I think it's interesting because of all the episodes I've done on my show, when I talk to somebody about marketing their practice, it's usually like if you have insurance or you take insurance, it's usually not a problem to fill, to fill up your um, – in fact, I think Allison even talked about that on my show a long time ago. But um, when it comes to when you take you know, private pay, it's a whole different ballgame. Um, so I do know that much about it and I can relate to that being that, you know, I'm having to market what I do on my own and figure out creative ways to get out to the world what it is that I do. So, um, yeah, I think, I think this is always such a interesting topic for therapists to, you know, really think about where they are in their practice, where they want to go and, you know, making a plan to move forward. So, yeah, but I don't have a practice. (laughs) Well, I do. I have a life coaching practice, but it's, it's different. I'm not. I'm, so it's you. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's just me. And I, and I, I market that differently just because um, I'm not taking on a whole lot of clients. So I'm, it's more of like behind the scenes, you know, word mm. of mouth sort of thing. Uh, Steve, do you have a, a, you have a group practice, right? Well, it's a, and it's. Oh, you just started. Yeah, it's a baby phase. We, we started in July. Uh, me and my business partner, Bill Dwinnells, we've been working on that, but I've been, you know, it's been an interesting change even in the last few months because when I had my private practice and I was marketing myself, getting myself paneled and all that, I didn't have to consult with anyone, just did my own thing. Um, and then um, if I want to do one day this or one day that, I can do, it's fine. But when you do group practice, it's you know thinking about the team, thinking about your business partner, thinking about you know, we have a psychopharmaceutical uh, nurse practitioner that helps us out. We have a Spanish-speaking therapist. Uh, 
two things I can't do, speak Spanish or do meds. So now it's thinking about those processes and how to market those, which makes it a lot different. So for me, it's been just the transition of thinking as a team, you know, was able to get our first kind of contract recently. But it was like, you know, all the language was like, oh yeah, I'll, 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 I mean, no, no, we, we, we. <laughs> so even changing the small stuff in the language of how you do communication is also kind of a big switch. So I'm definitely in that baby phase of learning all that. And, and Allison, how long were you a, a, a solo practice before you went to group? About six months. Okay. What, did you always plan on doing group? No. Or did it, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the director of an outpatient clinic. So that, you know, managing people was familiar to me. And then um, I was kind of lonely in solo practice. And then I also um, eventually wanted to work myself out of the chair. So I had to hire people in order to do that. Um, but I, I think, you know, being that we've grown to such a large size, I've been through probably like, five or six different iterations of marketing. Okay. Um, How did it start? Yeah. Well, just, you know, started with myself. So like I picked a kind of a specialty and, you know, it, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple, especially when you're on insurance panels. Um, but I did have a specialty and I gave myself a crash course on how you, you know, market yourself. And then the, um, the challenge is then when you have, people doing all sorts of different things how do you say that in a concise way right like if somebody says oh well like who does your practice serve you don't want to like start running down this laundry list of like well we do like these 18 things um so in the beginning we were just a small handful of providers we identified ourselves as um specializing in women's issues which still encompassed a lot of things but was still enough of a specialization to set us apart and then um yeah as we got bigger then there's just more and more providers and now there's really very little that we don't do so we had to start really thinking about like how do we market ourselves because we outgrew the women's issues um specialization and uh we actually like hired a a branding person to help us like think through that and look at what we had now and like interviewed the staff and interviewed us and like figured out how to like rebrand ourselves. Um, interesting. Uh, had you ever gone through a branding process before? Like I had not. No, okay. we had always just like done it ourselves. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a new experience. Has anyone else ever hired a branding consultant? And what was that experience like? Cause it sounds like you got like, just what you said, the the list of things you could do would be, it would be hard to like specialize in those things. So how do you, how do you distinguish yourself from other people if you can't say uh, we specialize in this or we do that? Has anybody else ever done a branding? I haven't done a branding consultant, but I definitely looked at my brand and looked at that as, um, how to market my values as what my vision was for mm. the group. And I think that's important as the group practice owner to kind of know, yeah, who you are, how you're different. And I feel like when you're switching to group practice, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that you do have to kind of look at, it. it is harder. Like, how do I market this differently than if I was just individual? And how do I market each therapist? And I feel like it's, 
an organic thing that you keep moving. I'm 100% private pay. We have been for eight and a half years now. And so a lot of it was getting, well, twofold if I was to pick two things, like definitely my SEO on my website and my writing had to be top notch. And um, so Google could find me. And then our, within that, our service pages had to kind of show what each therapist was doing and how it was different. And with that blogs, that would support the service pages. And so I would have my therapist tell me like their specialty, write a series of three blogs or um, so it would kind of put it back to their bio page. Everyone has a bio page on the website. They also have videos on the website. So when someone goes on, they can get the kind of the personality of my team and each therapist. And our clients love that. They come in saying, like, I felt really, I I could feel the energy on that video, or I really felt like she knows me. Um, so, each, so that's the, each therapist yeah. has a bio page? A bio page and then a video on it. Well, not all. I still have two I have to get on. They're newer. Mm-hmm. So I wait till they're like a month in and then we do a video and it usually scares them, (laughs) but I make them do it anyway. (laughs) It's important. And then the other thing is definitely building a name in the community um, and serving the town, like the community that we are. And so, um, yeah, just so mainly Google and your website have to be the best. Those are I just gave a lot of tips. (laughs) That's my, that's kind of mine. Well, that's your marketing process. Um, And you also said they, you make them write blogs or make them, I don't know, do you twist their arm? Do you pay them for that? Like, how do you get them to write blogs? Yeah. So especially if, if a therapist comes to me and they're saying, I'm not full with clients, what can I do? The first thing I do is have them write a series of three blog, like a blog series on what Mm -hmm. they're seeing. If they see couples what are they seeing in couples counseling? And we kind of nuance that so, and we get their voice heard. Um, or EMDR, we have a brain, we have brain spotting and EMDR. So both treat trauma. What's the difference? Um, and so people can start to get to know them through their blogs. But it is hard. It's like pulling teeth. <laughs> Luckily with chat GPT, it's helped a lot. I, yeah. I teach them how to do it quicker. <laughs> So um, what is what do you guys think is the main difference between promoting yourself and then tra- transitioning to a group? What's the, what would you say is a, something different? I think the complexity is in, in itself is much different. You know, it's already complex to even define myself sometimes. I don't know about you guys, but for me, sometimes it's really hard. Like I do EMDR. I am a licensed mental health counselor. I'm a podcaster. I wrote a book. Like, who the hell am I? And then you go and then add four more people in that group. And now I've got to define the whole group with something that works. You know, we didn't get a branding consultation per se, but we came up with an idea of Gambit counseling. Um, You know, if you know about Queen's Gambit and all that and the sacrifices that go with that, but it's because we're all, um, everyone on the team has worked on emergency services so we took the one unifying idea so that we know we do the short-term work to bring you to maybe long-term work eventually so that's how we came up with the name we didn't get a consultation but it took us for a while because we were like 
Spanish speaking, a psychopharmaceutical person, a director of a respite and a guy who's been in private practice for 11 years. Okay. How are we going to define this group? So we, you know, we, we did a lot of brainstorming, me and my partner, Bill, and that's how we came up with that name. But I think that the complexities is now like people like, well, Gambit counseling. I mean, most people in my experience, they're not looking at the name and going, oh my God, I'm never going to go there or, oh, I'm just going to go there because of the cool name, but it needs to be something catchy and something that will get people's attention. That's what we were trying to do. But again, the complexities of five individuals versus one makes it that much more difficult. And that's what my experiences has been. So if I look confused right now, I am. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that we are all a little confused, whether we do group practice, individual practice, not have a private practice. I think it's always hard to define ourselves. And I think that would be my takeaway is that it takes a lot of courage to define yourself in order to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say I think it goes back to what Allison said, like you you need to have a plan. You need to have a marketing and business plan. And it's super helpful to have a consultant who's done it before to kind of help keep you accountable and also keep like know what works and what doesn't. But it, I definitely had to have a strategy and a plan more than I did when I was solo. Um, and, and it's constantly thinking through like your values and mission statement, like Steve was saying, like, who are we? Yeah, it it um to me as I'm as I'm processing this and of course I don't have a a private practice instead of just promoting yourself if you were individual you're you're promoting a collective values like what what do we agree with together that if we're super clear on this these values are going to reach out and touch the people in the community that have the same values which will be attracting them to your practice. So, so um, promoting yourself is probably different with the costs. Like what, what are some of the differences between the costs of promoting yourself? Maybe some of the, the things you didn't know you were going to have to spend or invest when you switched over from solo to group. We're talking like time, money, resources, energy. Like, what are some of those hidden things for people who are thinking about jumping from solo to group that you you wouldn't expect? Well, I think that making Allison, what oh, do you I'm got? Sorry. Oh, or Steve. I was just gonna say that making the time for other people in the group practice, which you know, okay, so I'll cut down my caseload, but I also now have three or four people that I have to to supervise and guide and support which is something that, you know, in principle, one, one of the ideas that was that I'm going to work less, but to get it going and, and getting moving forward was like, oh my God, like I got to check on them, make sure everything's okay. How are their, how, what's their expectations? Where are they going? How are they feeling it's going? So on and so forth. So it became, it was, you know, I've been a supervisor many times before, but it was just that shift of thought process that was very difficult for me because when you're in private practice for a long period of time, I consult with me most of the time. Once in a while, I consult a friend or someone in my, I, I rent out the space around here. But ultimately, it's going to making sure that you're making time for everyone, which was a big sh shift for me. Yeah, what we found is that... Um... Anytime we 
open an office in a new area where we're not known, we have to spend more money just to make the community kind of aware that we're there. Um, but in general, we spend about 1% of our budget on marketing. So that's a, and that, you know, sort of stays the same, even though our rent of revenue goes up year to year, it's still 1%. How did you come up with that 1%? Just looking back at previous years and what we spent. So and Allison, yeah, what would that, what could you say what it goes to? Like, Yeah, what do you break that? it down on? Yeah. Yeah, we, well, now that we're bigger, obviously the budget is bigger. Um, so we spend money like sponsoring community events, like mental health related events. We spend money on SEO, Google ads, social media ads. Um, yeah, cool. we we do a lot of different things. We send out um, faxes to doctor's offices with our availability on them. Uh, we, my marketing, we have a full-time marketing person now. She spent like a, a lot of time like building out lists of referral sources all across the state. Uh, and we update them on a regular basis about the openings that we have. Which I think it's funny. Um, so we have Steve who's just starting out as group practice. I'm more middle and then Allison's like the guru of all. I, I She did not let everyone know. Like, she's awesome. Allison is like one of the best. <laughs> and you. so I think it's, and so just even hearing, like she has a full-time marketing person where it starts out with just you at first. And then you realize I can't do all this. I need a strategy. I need it to be bigger. And there is so much work. That's what I would say to your question. James, is that the hidden thing is that it needs to be ongoing and it needs to be consistent and it needs to, uh, the time is definitely different than just marketing yourself. It definitely needs to, it probably is going to grow into a position <laughs> for somebody else to do, unless that's your first love. <laughs> yeah, for a long time, it was just me sort of coordinating a bunch of freelancers um, because that's what we could afford and that, and it worked until we grew to a certain size and then it kind of wasn't what we needed to get to the next level. So did you coordinate it through just meetings or emails or project management boards? Like what was your, yeah, kind of like project management or, um, just once we got somebody started, then they kind of, you know, knew what to do. And then they would just every month, they'd just be like, oh, here's your, you know, two blog posts or whatever. So there wasn't a lot. There was just a lot of things that I, because of time, I wasn't able to do. Like we do a lot more community events now because we have a full-time marketing person who can go to those things. Um, so I think that's been the big difference. It's like it's been better in, in the sense of like there's more face-to-face -face marketing time that's not dependent on me. <laughs> And the marketing person covers all your offices, right? They, yes. uh, they're, they're, what about how many offices did you have before you hired that position? Um, technically, I guess we had one. One office. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know a lot of people with just one office who hire that position. In fact, I'm going to be handing it off to my executive assistant 
later this year, or I mean, in a few months, we're working on a plan. Yeah, that's a little misleading because we had so many people working from home. So we mm. had like 40 therapists. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so so the cost of marketing is like time, energy. We didn't really talk. We talked about money, I guess, a little bit, 1%. Are there any other um, things that you would, you would uh, definitely do or don't do? Like what would you definitely... And this is for anybody, but this is kind of turned into the Ask Allison what she would do a show. But if anybody has questions for Allison, like what what uh, what are some do's and don'ts? If if you have a uh, you know some do's and don'ts, uh, this is for anybody. I can cut out the silence. It's fine. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know if this is a do or don't. I just remember the shift more in a mindset way when I started marketing my group practice. I think it's Steve mentioned it where you, you're used to saying I, I, I specialize in the and then learning to talk different and saying, actually, I'm the owner of a group practice counseling center. And I remember I had to go through like a mind shift that I was terrified to say that I had to practice saying it actually. And now it rolls off my tongue, but I was like so nervous. It was vulnerable. Mm. Um, so just kind of mind shift is the first step I would say for the do and, and really grasping that you are the owner and your role is different. It's not just your, um, and, and even there's an, there's another shift that happens. It's not your practice. It's, the authentic connection counseling center it's it becomes the team and it becomes a group like it's so you're not even saying my counseling center you're saying the counseling center and the team starts taking ownership too i i mean it's i know i'm talking really vague and big but i feel like there was some shifts that are stages of when i started noticing and that's how i started marketing differently and so i i talk more about my team and my therapist and what the group stands for more than just um, singular. Yeah, I can chime in as well, like specific things um, that people ask me questions about. So people will say like, is it really worth it to spend money in SEO? And I say yes, every single time. Um, it is worth it to spend money in SEO. Like anybody who's, you know, 60 or younger is probably going to Google to find some something um except my dad my dad i think would still prefer to use a phone book but um <laughs> would he call you and say hey allison what, uh, what yeah he called you... me and asked me a question i'm like dad just google it you're the you're google to him yeah, yeah, yeah. but i'm he's 75 so i have to give him a pass um so yeah seo is definitely worth spending money on a good website is worth spending money on um there's definitely ways to like optimize your website like a mistake I see a lot of people make is like they'll put everybody on their team on one page when really everybody should have their own separate page for SEO reasons. All your services should have their own separate page for SEO reasons, things like that. Uh, I think as well, um, you know, really thinking about who's your who's your target market, and that might be pretty large depending on how many providers you have and what you do, but. Um, a lot of times people too will be like, do I have to be on every form of social media? And it's like, well, no, like who's your, 
who's your client base and like if you don't like see teenagers then like don't you don't need to be on tiktok you know what i mean like it's just sort of these things that i think people get in their minds like oh i have to be doing all the things all the time when really like you're just going to spread yourself way too thin so you have to be kind of strategic about what you choose to do um that makes sense for your practice you know and also like it's interesting that different regions in the united states um use different things more often than others like in new york city like yelp is a big thing people find their therapist on yelp but like where i live that's not a thing um so like the fact that we're on yelp doesn't really matter but in new york city apparently it's very important so that's the other thing i ask around other practice owners like what do you do like where do your clients come from what what works for you and that you'll figure out like what to focus on Great. No, I know that Lisa has been doing a lot of SEO stuff. So that's definitely something I want to continue talking about here. So just want to put that out there, Lisa. Forever going to haunt me with the SEO stuff. <laughs> You're right, though. I I bought the uh, the program Daniel talked about this. We're going back like five episodes. But uh, what was it called? Um, the Neil Patel uh, thing. I bought the year the. Um, lifetime membership for like $200 or something. And I haven't done much with it. <laughs> like I bought the, you know, the do it yourself SEO program and he sends me emails on how to do it. And, uh, I have, I've done a little bit, but it's, uh, I haven't done much, but I'm, I'm further along than what I was, uh, five episodes ago. Just, uh, it, it's a grind. Like there's a lot to do with all the things. Um, but I'll, how about I, some... I just want to want to just ahead. mention something that you know Allison mentioned that was important about knowing your regional tendencies. So you know, like for the Northeast in general, I I worked in Vermont for about a year. I've been in Massachusetts now for about twenty five years. If you're not on psychology today, might as well not exist. And really, like to this day, I mean, last year in my stats. 60% of my ref like referral lists came from psychology today. And I'm fairly well known in the community. I've been around for a long time now. So knowing your regional stuff, I just want to re-emphasize re that because New York is different than the Northeast. Northeast probably is very different than the Southwest or the South, the Southeast or the Northwest or Alaska or Hawaii or Canada or whatever. Because I even remember having conversations with people in Canada saying that psychology today is useless. But for them being on Kujia, can't remember the exact name. I'm from, I'm, I'm, it's embarrassing. I'm from Montreal. So, uh, but there is a specific one that you go there and that's where you're going to get your referral source. So it's always important to kind of like explore that. And I want to just reemphasize what Allison said because it, it was a throwaway in some ways, but I think that's important to really emphasize that one. Great. Uh, so let's, let's, uh, go into our takeaways of the episode. This has been, um, pretty fascinating with the, the changes between marketing yourself to therapists, uh, to group practice. Um, I'll just go, uh, in reverse order. So on my screen, Dawn is last, so you're going to be first. What's your, uh, what's one thing you want the, uh, audience to take away from this episode? 
Um, I would say take away that you're, you do need to spend money on marketing. And I would say the first thing would be your website and SEO combined. Awesome. Next is uh, Lisa. Yes, I think um, when Dawn was giving hers, that was the first thing that came to mind was you are going to have to spend money. And it it's probably a good idea to spend money um, on hiring somebody if you've never done this before. Like I, you know, someone who's, who has, who can, who's proven, who knows what they're doing, um, who's done it for themselves. Somebody like Allison who has, I mean, obviously she knows what she's talking about. Um, I would, I would hire somebody. Great. And then Allison, what's one takeaway? Yeah. I think um, a lot of people don't realize that marketing is a lot of trial and error. So Mm -hmm. like, don't be afraid to try something and just see if it works. And it can be hard to, kind of data on marketing and if it actually converts people into paying clients. But if you're able to track that data, um, that's also really important because then you'll start to see that there's patterns and what works and what doesn't work. And then obviously you can put more of your money into what is working. That makes me have a question. I know we're at okay. the tool section or the the takeaway. What do you briefly, can you tell me do you have a system for tracking what works and what doesn't work? And how would how do you get started with that? Yeah, I think we're we're we have a system and then we're we're even now just like continuing to refine it. So obviously you can look at Google Analytics, you can look at your social media analytics, all that kind of stuff. But we um have started like taking more detailed data on like when people call and we ask them, how did you hear about us? And getting more specifics around that to see like what's working and what doesn't. That's probably work. something everybody could do right now, right? Yeah, you know, just one more one more column on your spreadsheet or right. however you do it. Oh, great! Thank you for entertaining that question, Steve. What's the takeaway for the audience? Well, the first thing is consult with Allison because I mean she's the guru on this. So let's the first <laughs> let's start off with that. Um, and Allison, I, I had heard from you, I heard of you before and it was great, it's great to meet you. And I want to mention that too, because I didn't get the say at the beginning. Um, oh, thank you. but I, I also think that when you talked about the branding process, I think that when you think about all that, the consistency through the messages, when you're marketing your, 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 whatever it's a private practice or a group practice, that branding process to make sure it represents you and represents everyone else. I think it, what you're doing is key to moving forward. And I think that when you talked about even getting a consultation with a branding person, it's perfect. I certainly did not have that formal. I had a freelancer that helped me out for sure. But uh, that branding process is key, I think, as a takeaway for today. Awesome. My takeaway is, I think several several of you mentioned this, it's like the, the thought process change that you go when you go from solo to group. I think it was a Mike McCallowitz book that says you should start asking who, not how. When you're when you're a solo person, you you ask, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And when you start going to the group practice or when you hire employees or even freelancers, you start thinking, well, who is the best person to do this? And that sort of that mindset shift gets you out of the um, the blocking pattern that many of us have, you know, we get in our own way, we become the log jam. So who, not how. Well, that 
was awesome. Thank you for the show. Um, thanks, Allison, for being our guest. Uh, where can people find you on, uh, you know, on the internet and stuff? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so my practice website is moveforwardpa.com. Um, and then if you're interested in connecting with me about business consulting, you can just email me directly. Um, it's a p i d g e o n. So it's my first initial last name, a pigeon at moveforwardpa.com. And, uh, you know, uh, Allison's very responsive and awesome. People have been singing her praises, but uh, we do enjoy uh, what she brings to the community. So that's that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening and uh, watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, there will be a handout for some questions to ask yourself when you're going from solo to group practice. Uh, mark for marketing reasons. That's that'll be the free handout of the week. Uh, this is James Marlin for Steve, Lisa, and Dawn. Uh, thanks for listening to the show where we encourage you to take small steps towards sustainable growth. We'll see you next time. Psych Maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. I thank Allison and the other guest hosts. That was a wonderful conversation about the differences between marketing yourself and marketing for a group or for other people. Uh, remember, there will be a download for some of the questions and tips from the episode. So you can get that at the podcast show notes page. There'll be a link uh, in the show notes for that. Um, if you're subscribed to the newsletter, you're going to get the, the download in your newsletter. So you don't have to do anything extra. Please like and share the episode. Remember that this show is for education and entertainment purposes only. While we do give uh, advice and share our experiences, if you need professional help with legal matters or accounting, please seek a professional in that area. This is James Marland for the Scaling Therapy Practice, part of the SciCraft Network.